0: Father in heaven, as we come to study your word once more, I want to thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the wonderful Sabbath hours. And I pray, O Lord, that you would grace us with thy presence. Please be with us, draw close to us, lead us with your spirit, and may Jesus Christ be uplifted, we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Do you ever feel disappointed in your spiritual life has this ever happened to you you're on the way home from school or work you're you're telling yourself i'm going to read the bible i'm going to pray you have all these holy endeavors flowing through your mind and you reassure yourself that you're going to do it by telling yourself out loud and reassuring yourself as you're in the car or or you're in the on the motorbike and, and you just say it out loud to yourself and more for reassurance rather than affirmation to somebody else. Or maybe from the morning, you've told yourself that you're going to have evening devotion tonight, and then you get to the evening, and after dinner, after one hour of Facebook and five Netflix episodes later, you drift off to sleep with your phone dropping to the floor, which awakens you enough to wipe the drool from off your face and turn off the light and get under your blankets and go to sleep. You wake up early out of habit because you've just got got accustomed to it in the next morning you spend time with god in his word and prayer and you're disappointed from what has happened from the day before has this ever been your pattern of life i'm describing something that has happened to me a lot many times even when i'm on the scooter driving home i say okay ben you're not gonna do this, we're, we're gonna make sure that we do this and we're gonna use our time wisely and there's a lot of stuff that I can get done and I, I need to do and I'm going to do. And then somehow you, you fail to carry through with your plans. Has this been your pattern of life before? Only some of us, the problem is not about reading our Bibles in the evening. It's maybe a deeper rooted problem in your life, maybe it's an addiction, addiction to smoking, or drugs, or pornography, and you're on the way home and you tell yourself, you're not gonna do it, you're not gonna do it, you're not gonna do it, and and you're reassuring yourself, you're reaffirming it, and yet somehow, when you get in through the door, it's like you're in a trance, you're hypnotized, and before you know it, all the holy endeavors and plans that you had are out the window and you find yourself doing that same sin over and over again and this cycle of hating yourself starts all over again because you know that you don't want to do it but somehow you're not able to stop you know the bible tells us in psalms 85 and verse 6 please turn with me in your bibles to psalms chapter 85 and verse 6. the bible says Psalms 85, verse 6, will thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? You know, this morning I was talking about bursting forth and being fruitful. And, you know, friends, this word rejoice, it it lines up with that feeling that we want to have. We want to have feelings of victory. We want to have feelings of rejoicing. And in order to do that, the Bible says that we must be revived. What does the word revive mean? mean. The word RE is a prefix and it just means to do something again. We've done it before, we're going to do it again. And the word vive or vive, it, it means to live. So we were living once but somehow we died. And so revive is you were living, you died, now you want to be brought back to life again. But what killed us in the process? Well, we know. The wages of sin is death. Sin is that thing that killed our living experience and really all have sinned. So all of us really need to experience revival. But let me show you what revival needs to go with. Because you will find that as we look into the principles of revival, to be revived, to be brought back to life, we know this formula, and somehow maybe even many of us are experiencing it, but it's not enough. Let's, if you're able to, it's written in Christian Service, CHS 42, paragraph 2. Christian Service, 42, paragraph 2. This is what Ellen White writes. She says, a revival and a reformation must take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Pardon me. Revival and Reformation are two different things. Revival signifies a renewal of spiritual life, a quickening of the powers of mind and heart, a resurrection from the spiritual death. So revival is what? renewal of spiritual life, quickening of the powers of the heart and mind, resurrection from spiritual death. Friends, we all need to experience this. We all need to experience revival. But it goes together with Reformation. But let's let's look at revival first before we get in to the Reformation part. Let's go to Psalms 119 and verse 25. Psalms 119, verse 25 the bible says this what can revive us my soul cleaveth unto the dust quicken thou me according to thy what thy word the word quicken means to make alive to bring alive again and so the one first ingredient that we're looking at here this evening we already know we've been studying it i've been hammering it week in and week out this has been the basis of my message and it is the Word of God. we got to spend time in it. And maybe some of you are thinking, man, Ben, you spend a lot of time talking about the same thing over and over and over again. You know, I never used to be like this as a preacher. I used to go in, I used to travel and preach in different places and uh, around the world from Indonesia, I was, I've done a sanctuary series in Cuba. I've preached an evangelistic series down in the Dominican Republic. I've been everywhere, I've been in Europe, um, Asia, different churches. And my mentality used to be at least, I don't know when I'm going to see this group again. So I got to tell them everything. And the minutia of details that they probably don't know, I just got to throw it at them and hit them over the head with it. And then I'm going to be done with it because I don't know when I'm going to see them again. So I just got to tell them everything. But you know what I realize when I used to do that, I'm used to make people hate the Bible even more. But I realize that if I am able to just get them to fall in love with Scripture, when they are able to spend time in the Bible, when they can be reminded to read the Bible again and again, if they can do that, they can be revived. They can be brought back to life without me telling them anything else. Friends, if you were to stop the video right now and you get on your knees and you pray to God and you say, God, help me to understand the Bible and you read it, you will experience revival. Faith I Live By, 345, paragraph 4, FLB 345.4. Let us give more time to the study of the Bible. We do not understand the Word as we should. The book of Revelation opens with an injunction to us to understand the instruction that it contains. When we understand what this book means to us, there will be seen among us a great revival and yes ellen white is specifically talking about the book of revelation we got to study the bible and if there's any book that is for our time it is the book of revelation and maybe some of you growing up in the church a lot all your life you're like oh that's all i hear revelation 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 but you know what going to church as a seventh-day Adventist, all i heard was sabbath 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 however i didn't know the sabbath personally for myself I didn't even understand how I could tell people and share with people what the Sabbath was from the Bible because I never read it nor studied it. But here we are told that Revelation is the book for our time. If we would study it, but friends, really, if we were to generalize that more than anything else, if we were to study the Bible, there would be seen among us a great revival, she says. Next week's century class is good one of my favorite topics. But if there's anything that you gotta focus on, it's Revelation. Revelation. This is the book that demands our attention today of all the 66 books of the Bible. Revelation, the last book there, is for our last time, which is we're living in today. Friends, we need to take time and spend time in the Word of God, for that will revive us, amen? But what else? What else revives us? John chapter 6 and verse 63. John six sixty-three, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So what is it that gives us life? What is it that quickens us and brings us back to life? It is the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And so the second ingredient that is needed for revival to bring something that was dead, like the stick that we were talking about this morning, Aaron's rod that budded, it was put in the midst of the sanctuary, and it came back to life. That's revival, friends, and you have to be put in the midst of the sanctuary. You have to have that connection with Jesus. It starts with the Word of God, and it also continues with the Holy Spirit. But friends, listen to Last Day Events, 189, paragraph 1. I'm sorry, I'm giving a lot of quotes, but... You know, I think this is just as important for us to hear as well. Last day events, 189, paragraph one. It is written, a revival need be expected only, only, in answer to prayer. There is no way that you can get any other rev, uh, any other earnest answer and positive answer to revival than to prayer itself. A revival can only be expected in answer to prayer. So it is more than just. Bible. It is prayer. That's the table. Uh, the table of showbread was a, the Word of God. The altar of incense is prayer. But what are we praying for? The Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is that which quickeneth, it says in John chapter 6 and verse 63. So, if there's anything that you should be doing, friends, when it comes to prayer, if there's anything you remember from this message, please remember this this evening. Every time you pray, Pray for the Holy Spirit. If you've got no time to pray and you're rushing out the door, just pray, God, give me your spirit. Whatever you're praying for, make sure you always pray for the Holy Spirit because it is the spirit that quickeneth. It is the spirit that gives life. It is the spirit that will bring revival into your life. Look at this. Gospel Worker 254, paragraph 4. GW 254 Paragraph 4. Prayer is the breath of the soul. It is the secret of spiritual power. No other means of grace can be substituted and the health of the soul preserved. Friends, I cannot emphasize enough the importance of prayer. Prayer for your life. Prayer for your family. Prayer for every Moment of every day. Pray for the Holy Spirit. Prayer is the secret of spiritual what? Spiritual power, she says. This is so important. And for most of us, we are missing the Bible and praying altogether. Our life cannot change because we are missing the power. the gospel we are missing the mighty working power of the holy spirit in our lives and so friends revival must begin here but you know friends that's the tough thing many of us do not even reach that point you know it's it's that thing about knowing and doing isn't it but knowing is one thing and and doing is another as I reflect on my experience and what was it that, that brought me to this point of actually giving God a chance to work. You know, th- don't think that even just because you go to theology school and you're a pastor that, that spending time in the Bible comes automatically. It doesn't. It's an effort. you got to make an effort. And the thing that really got me on to this um learning to spend time in the Bible and you know I was only I was 20 years old not only it was quite late I was 20 years old I grew up in a seventh-day Adventist home I went to church all my life I knew where the books of the Bible were because I knew how to turn to it um when I went to church my there was one thing that my parents always made sure of is Ben make sure you bring your Bible with you to church so they they hammered that in from an early age and I thank God for Christian parents however I never read the Bible I, did, I didn't know Jesus for myself. And, you know, even if I were to hear messages like this, go go read the Bible, you have revival. The, the hardest thing, really, the step before it is, why don't we spend time in the Word of God? It's because many of us, we don't realize our need. We don't realize how dead we are. We, we, we go to the world for for these pleasures. We go to the world for these enjoyments, these things that seem to fulfill us. And, and so it fills that void for a day. And, and so we go without the Bible again for another day, but we come back to the same situation and, and our life is unsatisfactory. It's unfulfilled. But we don't realize it. And we just we're on automatic mode and we go through life like that. But friends, this ought not to be. We should have a different experience entirely altogether. But why some of us even, maybe, maybe that's not your problem. Maybe you are reading the Bible and you are praying, but what is the reason why these sins are still seeming to push down upon your life and and, and make you miserable and you're not able to overcome them? it's because we're missing the second ingredient that goes along with revival, it is reformation. Now, let me read to you again from Christian Service 42, paragraph 2. I didn't read it all just now. A revival and a reformation must take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. That's why we got to pray. That's why we got to pray for the Holy Spirit. Revival and reformation are two different things. Revival signifies a renewal of spiritual life, a quickening of the powers of mind and heart, resurrection from spiritual death. The only thing that can achieve that is the Bible, prayer and the Holy Spirit. However, we need reformation as well. Reformation signifies a reorganization, a change in ideas and theories, habits and practices. Reformation will not bring forth the good fruits of righteousness, unless it is connected with the revival of the Spirit. Revival and reformation are to do their appointed work, and in doing this work, they must blend. They must blend. You can't separate revival from reformation. You can't separate these two things. It, with, with rival, revival without reformation, it'll make you go dead again. Reformation, without revival, it will change for a while, give you a little bit of self-confidence, but you end up doing it again as well. So, what is reformation? Reformation is change in ideas and theories. It's changing in your thinking. And then she also says change in habits and practices. That is action. Some of the habits in our lives that need to change is not so serious as others. Maybe it's small things like procrastination. Maybe it's gossip. Maybe it's laziness. Maybe it's wasting time. Either way, you end up wasting your life, and that's bad as well because then God is not able to fulfill His will in you and through you to be a blessing to other people. But look, Revival and reformation need to take place under the ministration of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you an example. His name is Samson in the Bible, strongest man that ever lived. He knew that Delilah was bad for him. He knew it, And he knew that she was against him. Yet, he had this confidence and brashness that he would be okay because it seemed like God was with him and helped him to fight battles, you know. And every time she lied to him and tried to tie him up, he would just break the cords like it was straw. So it was difficult to shake this bad relationship that he was in because God seemed to still give him strength. God would revive him on multiple occasions, but what he needed more than anything else, was reformation. Some would argue that he wasn't even revived in the first place, and that's possible. But what I want to highlight is this. Even if Samson was revived, he would still have to pack up his clothes, zip up that bag, and walk away from that bad relationship that he was in. He needed to make a plan about what he needed to do. Do you see that? There needed to be reorganization in his ideas first and theories, but especially in his habits and his practices. Do you know what reorganization means? You know, I just recently moved house and um, reorganization to me is like spring cleaning. And um, you know, I'm sure many of us, we've moved furniture around in our home and when you're done, it feels like a whole new house altogether and it seems fresh all over again. That's what has to take place in our mind. It needs to be reorganized and we need to reorganize those thoughts and our priorities. Look, I'm not saying that we can change ourselves, okay? Remember, Reformation will not achieve the good work that it needs to do unless it's coupled with revival. These two things need to blend. But remember... There has to be something that we have to do, reorganize, change in habits and practices. And look, the fact that you're here this evening listening to this little devotion shows me that the Holy Spirit has been wooing your heart already, that the Word of God is taking hold and is beginning to revive you. And that your heart is soft and susceptible to the promptings of the Holy Spirit because you're desiring spiritual things and you're listening. You're not just one of those three-second viewers or stay for one minute and then go because you were scrolling through Facebook and you just saw it for a short while. The fact that you're still here this evening shows me that the Holy Spirit has been working in your hearts already. But then, what should you do? you got to pray, Father. What must be reformed in my life so that I can start having consistent daily devotion? Or what must be reformed in my life so so that I can overcome this habitual sin in my life? What, what, What needs to change? What am I trying to say? There's a part for us to play. Remember from two weeks ago, as we work, God works. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God that works in you to will and to do of His good pleasure. So you got to go back and and rethink your life. What has to happen? What has to change? Revival has to take place first. Yes, but revival doesn't cause us to just sit on our, our hands and do nothing and just hope for the best. That's not what revival does no it must be coupled together with reformation and these two things must blend so maybe some of us were being led into sin because we're on a site that leads to another site to need another site and then it's too late you got to trace it back to to what led you to this sin and, and and look at what it is maybe we procrast we procrastinate because we're in social media too long what makes you to procrastinate are you unlocking your phone and then just Automatically, the fingers are leading you to, to something you shouldn't be looking at, and it's not. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's wasting your time. Some of you need to delete your Facebook accounts. Yes, some of us you need to you need to delete YouTube or, or Instagram. Some some of these youth that I have in my church, you know who you are if you're listening. You're on Instagram morning, day, and night. Too too much. And you're wasting that time and, and you got you to gotta catch yourself and, and, and sit down and, and go, okay, what needs to change? And yes, okay, I need to stop wasting my time, but what is wasting your time? You got to go back and, and get down to the very foundation of it. Do you understand that? Reorganization, change in habits and practices. Some of us, maybe we're lazy because I, I don't know. I mean, all I know is that what helped with my laziness is the Bible. And it really gave me a sense of urgency. But some of us, we can't crack the habit of smoking because we're hanging out with friends that are smoking. You've got to change your friends. But some of us, we think our friends are more important than God and you're willing to go to hell for them when Jesus already went to hell for you. What is it? What needs to change? There's a work that needs to take place. And revival, it pricks our conscience. It makes us sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you realize, okay, I need to change. But now it's time for you to, to sift through your habits and your daily routine and your life and, and your actions. And what makes you to do this? When you get into the room and you lie down on your bed, are uh, you automatically picking up your phone? So then you've got to tell yourself, okay, no more lying on the bed. You've got to delete the, the apps that are, are, are making you waste the time. Maybe it's time to, to wake up earlier. Maybe it's time to sleep earlier. Maybe, well, whatever you need to do, reorganization of those habits and practices. What reforms need to take place in your life? These changes, I repeat, these changes will not last long unless it is blended with revival, blended with the Holy Spirit, blended with the Word word of God. Unless you change with this as your platform and your foundation, the change doesn't last long. So look, friends, what I'm trying to show you is don't think that there's no work for us to do. It's by His grace. And you know, when it comes to learning to walk with Jesus and spending time daily in His Word, I'm telling you, friends, you got to make this decision every day. You've got, to, you've got to make every day like an emergency. God, I'm going to die if I don't spend time in Your Word. And unless you have that attitude, unless you're willing to tell yourself that, you won't change. Reformation. Reformation. Samson, he needed to pack up his bag, walk out the door, and go home to his parents. He should have realized that he was spending that time, that he, as he was spending the time with God, but he didn't take the first step. He read his Bible, but then he still kept his evil association, almost hoping that maybe this would neutralize this one. But friends, it doesn't always work that way, does it? So, Here's the question that I have for you for this evening. As we have closed the Sabbath, it is dark outside. The sun is not shining anymore. The question that I have for you is this. What is the first step that you need to take in this new week so that there can be true revival and true reformation in your life? As you're able to pause here and listen to this message and you're thinking, what's the first step? So many of you, you're lamenting and you're praying, God, please help me with my spiritual life. But he, he wants to, but you're not letting him help you. You got to make the decision. At the end of the day, if we're lost, there's no way that we can blame God because all the power is available to us if we want to take hold of it. And so if you want to experience revival and you need to spend more time in the word of God, you got to set the alarm this week, tomorrow, put the alarm. Yeah, even at 10 o'clock if you have to. And, and, and if you know you're that sort of person that just needs a few reminders, put an alarm at 10 o'clock, 10.30 and 11. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read the Bible. How important is it to you? Reorganize your thinking and then change your habits and your practices. And it's hard for you to change habit and practice because it, it comes too naturally for us. So you got to insert something that will disrupt it and change the flow and pattern of your life. Otherwise, the desires in your heart that you cry out every weekend on a Sabbath will not be enough. There has, has to be something you have to change, has to be. So I'm asking again, this week, what is the first thing that has to change? Is it more of the Bible? If it's not, has God pricked you in your conscience this evening as you were listening that there's something else that needs to change in your life? i got a lot of things in my heart that I know I need to change. And as we establish the platform of faith, of revival, then out of that can spring forth reformation. But notice she says revival and reformation must blend, which means we have to experience revival and reformation every day. Do you see that? It takes, it it, it runs concurrently, it takes place at the same time, continually, every day. Every day, there must be growth in grace. There must be growth in the Word of God, in prayer. Every day, there must be reorganization of thoughts, habits, and practices. This, my friends, is called sanctification. A work that will last as long as we are alive. So friends, may we take that first step in being revived and being reformed today. What is it between you and God, friends? And I pray that we would make those earnest efforts. If there is any effort that we have to put forth and be centered upon, it is the effort of spending time with Jesus. The effort of reading his word, not that we'll be saved, but as that word gets implanted in our hearts and minds, it will change our mind to be more like Jesus Christ. That's my prayer for each and every one of you in this new week. Let's bow our heads. Father in heaven, Lord, you desire so much to change us, but you've given us the freedom of choice. You've not made us robots. We are not on autopilot when it comes to holiness and righteousness. Father, please help us to see that salvation is our choice. That whoever believes in you should not perish but have everlasting life. This past week, we've put you above. We put other things above you so many times. Many of us, we're here even listening to this sermon because it's Sabbath. But Lord, help us to linger in your presence and may the Sabbath just overflow to the rest of the week that we would keep this in our hearts and our minds, that we would be willing, O Lord, to reorganize some habits and practices. So Lord, please give us the strength. Give us your Holy Spirit for that which we can do nothing. Give us Jesus himself to live in our hearts. And so, Father, please, help us to see. Help us to be willing. Revive us again that we might have pleasure in thee and joy evermore. And may you help us to reorganize all our habits and practices in this new week. May we experience revival and reformation in our hearts today, we pray.